Welcome to White Shores, the podcast for spiritual beings having a human experience. Let me invite you to walk beside me on White Shores to discuss the real meaning of life. Let's invite some spiritual thought leaders to talk about soul evolution, spiritual awakening, personal growth, angels, the possibility of an afterlife. Let's discuss whether the paranormal is normal and psychic abilities are real. Let's ponder the meaning of our dreams, our intuitions. Let's practice rituals and divination and research the science of consciousness. Let's pause and gaze at the horizon and see what magic lies beyond the material. Walking beside me today on White Shores is YouTube phenomenon, author, healer, and the world's online authority on narcissistic abuse, Melanie Tonya Evans. The mantra of my books is love conquers all, and I will live and die by that mantra. However, there's no denying that an epidemic of narcissism and zero empathy is currently infecting our world. In my interview with Melanie, she will expose the truth about the mental condition of narcissistic personality disorder, its increasing prevalence, what causes it, the red flags to look out for, and the spiritual, emotional, physical, and mental damage it wreaks on the lives of millions. If you've ever found yourself drawn to people who promise you much, are very charming, but their words don't match their actions, If you've ever found yourself obsessing over someone who clearly does not value or respect you. If you've ever found yourself stuck in a toxic relationship where you're doing all the giving and the loving, but there's no return. If you've ever found it hard to love and value yourself, but very easy to give to others at your own expense. This episode is absolutely compulsory listening. Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by my brand new Dream Decoder, published by Lawrence King. The stunning deck features 60 beautifully illustrated cards designed to interpret your most common dreams. If you've ever woken up and thought, what did that dream mean, then this deck is for you. And I'm pleased to say we're giving listeners of White Shores a unique code to get 35% off the Dream Decoder. Just visit www lawrenceking.com and enter Teresa Chung at checkout. As well as the love conquers all mantra in my books, another spiritual mantra in my books is do unto others as you would be done unto. And again, that is a mantra I live and breathe by. But again, in certain circumstances, in certain relationships, love is not the answer. And these are relationships with people with zero empathy and narcissistic tendencies, and worst of all, narcissistic personality disorder. We've all met these individuals, these energy vampires or psychic vampires. They are calculating and charming, lack empathy, expect special treatment and adoration, and are prone to tantrums and hypersensitivity to any kind of criticism. They reel you in by making you feel desired and pretending to understand you. Then they use subtly destructive methods of emotional control like gaslighting to shred your self-esteem. 
The most dangerous narcissists have psychopathic tendencies and will go to any lengths to manipulate, abuse and ultimately discard unsuspecting victims feeling no remorse. But they are extremely rare. The more likely ones are the covert or hidden narcissists, but they're just as destructive, but not physically so. It's more emotional, spiritual and mental. Doctors and counsellors are reporting a sharp rise in narcissistic traits. In the last 10 years especially, clinical diagnosis of narcissistic personality disorder, NPD, have risen very quickly, almost as quickly as rates of obesity, so that people with NPD are estimated to make up 6% of the population. However, experts believe it may be more prevalent than that because people with narcissistic tendencies don't often think there's anything wrong with them and they're unlikely to present for treatment. Most of these people remain undiagnosed and are at large in society, leaving a trail of misery and heartbreak behind them. Statistically, it's likely that you unknowingly encounter one of these cunning manipulators every day of your life. In broader culture, with with the aggressive and repeated lying of prominent politicians, I won't mention any names, (laughs) we are seeing this emotional, spiritual, mental dysfunction becoming normalized, even celebrated. So what do you do when you're trapped in a relationship when love and however much you give and care isn't the answer and you just feel drained? What do you do when love isn't the answer? I encountered a narcissistic personality disorder a few years ago. Um, And I will share my personal story after my interview with Melanie. Um, If you're interested, stay tuned after that. I'll also share some relationship tips from a spiritual perspective, focusing on the most important relationship of all, the one you have yourself, which I actually believe the relationship you have with yourself defines your relationship with everyone else. But enough talk from me. Now it's time to talk to the world's leading authority on narcissistic abuse disorder, Melanie Tonya Evans. She is a healer and a speaker. She's also a best-selling author and her most recent book, You Can Thrive After Narcissistic Abuse, published by Watkins, I actually wrote the preface for that. I was so touched by her, the spiritual approach she has to this disorder. Melanie is the founder of Quanta Freedom Healing, QFH, and the narcissistic abuse recovery program called NARP, which has healed thousands, if not millions now, of people suffering from narcissistic abuse. Melanie's website is www.melanietoniaevans.com. I'm so thrilled today to have none other than Melanie Tonya Evans. I've just read her biography and you know now that she's the world expert in narcissistic abuse and uh, she is touching and healing the lives of millions around the world and these are the kind of people that I am just so happy and thrilled to have on White Shores to spend some time walking with me to talk about their work and their mission and also to introduce you to them so that you can get in touch with them as well. Hello Mel. Hi Teresa, thank you for having me on. Now, back to basics. For people who don't know the difference between narcissism and arrogance, 
can you please, and ego, can you give the difference? Because there are a lot of people who just think, well, that's just someone who's full of themselves, a bit selfish. Oh, yeah. Look, I'd love to explain that because I think, uh, you know, up until a greater awareness that has really started getting out there, a lot of people used to think that narcissists were just, yeah, arrogant people that were full of self-importance. But there's so much more to it than that. There really is. You know, look, an arrogant person can be out of line. They can be, you know, a little selfish, a bit of a jerk. They can be all of those things. But narcissism is much more sinister. So you're really looking at somebody that you know, there's some key things about narcissism. One of them is that this person is not going to take responsibility and be accountable for their actions. And they're actually not possible of learning from their mistakes and atoning. So it's always going to be somebody else's fault. There's always an excuse. There's always a twist. There's always a turn. Uh, And quite often they're going to project blame onto you and blame you. And narcissists are often pathological liars. There are also people that react on a hairline trigger. So they get upset about things that normal adults don't. They often have a persona, which is very, very different in public than the person that they are at home. And, you know, sadly, Teresa, as you know, and as I know, and many people know, they can create incredible widespread devastation to people uh, you know, really severe uh, emotional, mental, physical, spiritual, financial abuse, and they can absolutely suck people's dry and devastate their lives. Thank you. Is it medically recognised yet as a condition? Well, you know, the DSM have, well, yeah, yes and no. Look, I think the thing is a lot of our uh, contemporary systems need to be upgraded drastically. You know, I actually had a conversation that I just created a little video about. I had a bit of a rant about it where I had a woman on my blog who's training to be a counsellor and she's like, well, you know, the DSM say there's only 6.5% narcissists in the world, in the population, and a lot of people throw uh, the term around and from a counsellor's point of view, you know, we really want people to, uh, you know, not focus on their partners, focus on their own strengths because it would take about you know, 10 sessions to diagnose somebody uh, in uh, in an office to actually know whether they're a narcissist. And, you know, my answer to that, I'm actually quite horrified by that information because I think the problem is, is that people can get caught up in the diagnosis and they can say, well, you know, is this person a narcissist? They need to be clinically diagnosed. And if I'm not with a narcissist, well, maybe there's a hope for my relationship. Mm. And, This is what really goes on in contemporary medicine a lot and people get very confused if the narcissist actually gets into uh, co-counselling or psychology with them in joint counselling. They can very, very easily manipulate therapists. They can say what they want to hear. They can twist and turn it back on the victim and sadly the victim is going to get very triggered by the injustice and the abuse that they have, and they can easily look like the crazy one. So, mm-hmm. you know, my whole thing with this is I don't, I'm just going to be really uh, blunt with this and really straightforward. The truth is I really don't see many people in uh, traditional therapy who are victimised by a narcissist get well 
In fact, I actually haven't seen any because when people are suffering from severe trauma, the problem is, is that they're really thrown into their heads. They're in the trauma, they're in the obsession, and you can't actually uh, heal obsession and trauma by more thinking or talking about it. You need a deeper system to get into the visual body to be able to work at healing the trauma at that level. But when we get caught up in diagnosis and we say, well, look, you know, my counsellor told me that we can't diagnose him yet, I don't actually care whether somebody's diagnosed as a sociopath, a narcissist, somebody with antisocial, histronic, whether it could be bipolar or whatever. If somebody is abusing somebody and they are not taking accountability and they're never remorseful and they'll never atone, they are going to be a serial, serial offender. And it's not, and they might just be a jerk. They mightn't be narcissistic personality disorder, but I think we've all got to really grow up and take responsibility to say, well, if somebody in my life is hurting me, if I've got post-traumatic stress disorder and agoraphobia and I'm unwell and I can barely sleep, eat or function, I really need to get away from this person and I really need to stay away and I need to heal the reasons why I'm still hooked into this person, allowing them to hurt me. And that's, you know, the diagnosis isn't important. What is important is understanding what is abuse and understanding whether or not people have the capacity to take personal responsibility to change their behaviour. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you say you said early on 6.5% and I I'm suspect, as you do, that it's m- much more than that because that would be only narcissist who would present for treatment which I think would be very rare anyway wouldn't it how do they get that 6.5% oh gosh exactly Teresa like a narcissist is not going to put themselves forward for a statistical diagnosis like that's just ridiculous and the other thing about that Teresa even if it was 6.5 you know counsellors are dealing with people whose lives have gone to rubbish you know they're in they're in trauma that's why you go to a counsellor So even if it was a 6.5, you know, there are so many people that are narcissistically abused that it's such shock, trauma and pain that they're not dealing. They're trying to get help. Oh, tell me about it. And, of course, right now, I mean, I I suspect it's it's much, much larger number than that in the lives they touch. Oh, gosh, it's been... It's being showcased to the world right now, isn't it, with um, what's happening in America, Trump. Um, and yeah, I love your thoughts on that. Trump, Hitler, Stalin. Would you think all these these oh, leaders if, um, fall into <laughs> that category? Oh, look, yeah, look, for sure. Is it they a genetic necessity true. in times of war that you have people without empathy? I mean, I'm wondering about these questions that, you know, people without empathy are able to make decisions in times. It's, it's, it's so many leaders now I've been looking at in my history books when I was studying these ruthless leaders thinking that they were narcissists. <laughs> oh, gosh. Oh, yes. And look, the thing is, Teresa, I think that you could make very concise factual decisions and not be a narcissist. But I think mm-hmm. what really makes these people stand out is that this is so much about narcissistic supply. You know, and when you look at the patterns of how these people came into being, what did they do? They love bombed. They came Mm. in to people that were devastated who had something missing and they presented as a saviour. 
Exactly. And you see that in politics, don't you? Yeah. Mm. That's right. Yeah. And that's exactly how a narcissist, a singular narcissist, will target a singular victim, identify what's missing and love bomb and promise to be the saviour of it. So this is what these people did. And then, you know, the the behaviours are all about getting narcissistic supply. It's about getting energy. It's about getting notoriety. It's about getting acclaim. It's about getting whatever it is. It's an ego run amok. And it's forming a cult around them as well. And, you know, I have watched it That's these right. last few years, what's been happening. And I don't know if you followed the, the testimony of Michael Cohen, um, Trump's former personal assistant and how he yeah, it was almost yeah. like he'd had that awakening that he had been following he had been narcissistically abused and you know what happens when that you, you sort of do all sorts of things that you you wouldn't normally do because you're trying to get this person to love you and notice you and it was just heartbreaking watching this guy have the honesty to admit that he'd fallen into this trap and it was there the whole world was giving your your message Melanie there with that testimony which millions watched mm, um, <laughs> but why why are they so seductive and why do they get this cult around them why do they get people who are you know kind and decent wanting to follow them why why is that okay well it goes back to the love bombing again it really does but to understand a narcissist on a deeper level what you've got is you've got a false self you've got somebody that has at some stage of their life usually as a young child they've submerged their true self and they've said i need to create a fictitious character to get my needs met so this false self is insatiable this false self needs yes people so this is why when when these people are in power if somebody's not agreeing with them or somebody's not dancing to their tune they're sacked they're removed so, you know, and what it is, it, it's a feed of power. It's a codependent narcissistic relationship with, with anybody that's in the inner sanctum because what they're getting from the narcissist is the promise of something. So that's what the codependent is getting, something that they don't believe that they can generate on their own, that the narcissist can provide for them. And then mm. the narcissist has them hooked, completely mm -hmm. hooked, to be able to manipulate them, to be able to groom them, to be able to mine them, to be able to use them as minions. That's mm -hmm. how it works. Oh, tell me about it. Um, would you mind giving your a, a potted version of your personal story? I know you had a horrific time dealing with this yeah. and how it led you to form about NARP and how many people NARP is helping and healing. Yeah, sure. And look, Teresa, I'll, you know, it's it's quite a long story. I'll keep it really condensed. Yeah, you must be asked it so many times, but it's just, <laughs> just help people who are new to you who yeah. want to understand why is this woman doing this, you know. Oh, but, you for know, sure. I know. I'd love to share it. I'd love to share it. Look, it's a, a little more than 10 years ago, I married the man who I thought was the love of my life and I was uh, – it was 15 years actually. No, it was longer. Gosh, it was 10 years when it finally ended. But yeah, at the time I was 35 and he came into my life. I hadn't been married and I'd had difficult relationships. And I thought, oh my gosh, here he is. He's the one. He's everything I've been looking for. And I married him a few months later. 
And there were some things before we got married that kind of made my hair stand up on the back of my end. I discovered a couple of lies about bits and pieces. Sometimes he would act strangely or react in ways that I just couldn't understand. There was quite a few different things and he had some jealous outbursts that were really completely irrational. But you know, he was my dream man, I decided. So I thought this will be fine. I can deal with that. I married him and then things escalated into a horrific emotional, mental, sexual, physical, financial uh, abuse. He'd faked a cancer condition that was a lie to uh, keep me housebound and to control me. So uh, he was falsifying doctor's records and he pretended that he had liver cancer stage four, which uh, was a complete lie. And that got found out as well. But anyway, the long and the short of it is, is that I ended up uh, at around 40 years of age. I was 37 kilos. I tried to escape several times. Uh, He'd either threaten or force me back. Uh, He was very much into stalking and vindictiveness and uh, threats. Or I totally believed I still loved him. I felt completely hooked and addicted to him like a heroin addict. So I'd get out, I'd cave in, he'd hoover. I I went in and out, I must have been a dozen times. My life was completely falling apart. And then it fell apart completely. And when it fell apart, I was around 80 pounds. All of my hair had fallen out. I'd been seeing uh, a personality disorder specialist for quite some months. And she told me that there was only four ways this could end. Either he'd kill me, I'd kill him. I'd commit suicide or I'd be institutionalized uh, for a very long time because I was on the verge of a complete psychotic breakdown. So... The inevitable happened. I had the psychotic breakdown and the day it happened, I'll never forget it because I knew I had it. And I was rushed off to uh, the doctors and then hospital and I was, uh, they did tests on me and they found that my adrenals were shot to pieces and I had had a complete psychotic breakdown. I was having psychotic episodes It was all happening and uh, I was told that I would need three antipsychotics for the rest of my life to function and that I would never function without it and that I would never actually be the same again. So I was on suicide watch after that because uh, I didn't want to live and I really thought even my son was better off without me and I mean, I'd always been a high achiever my whole life. I'd always been able to deal with everything. And now here I was pretty much going to be um, a medicated vegetable. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to go on. And so I was lying on my bed and I'm trying to think of the best way to uh, leave the planet in the kindest way possible for everybody. And this voice in my head kept saying to me, no, there's another way. And it kept at me and at me. And I thought it was my madness. And I walked into the bathroom and I hit the floor and I put my arms up to the ceiling and I said, help me, I can't do this anymore. And I was calling out to God or a higher power. I had nowhere else to go. And I completely surrendered and I didn't surrender to be saved. I just surrendered because there was nothing left of me. 
And it was at that moment I had a mind-blowing awakening and epiphany and it was like all of my victimhood was sucked out of me because I was uh, incredibly the victim. And this awareness entered me that showed me and told me the truth, which was he was the narcissist in my life was a representative of the unhealed stuff I'd had in me from my family, from the generations before me, from my childhood, from my life that I'd never actually faced and healed before. He was a repeat of my trauma in fully blown uh, ferocity, so big that there was, there was, it was game over now. There was no missing it anymore. And when I had that epiphany, I was actually catapulted into the future where I saw myself glowing and vibrant and thriving and I experienced feelings in that vision somatically in my body that I'd never felt before of wholeness, of expansion, of completion, of self-love and self-acceptance. And in that knowing, the comparison between who I was even before the breakdown in him and who I had become in this future vision was so startling. And then the voice in my head said to me, this is you if you choose this mission. If you find the way to take total 100% radical personal responsibility to heal what you need to heal inside of you, you are going to get to that destination. So... I was given the choice and the voice said to me, well, you can leave or you can choose the mission. So I did. I chose the mission with all of my heart. I landed back in my emaciated, traumatized, uh, psychotically broken down body and being. And from that moment on, I didn't know how I was going to do it, but I decided I was going to do it. I was going to find the way to get this trauma out of my body to heal. So I went completely uh, medication-free. It was a miracle. I talked my way out of the psychotic medication, which I don't even know how that happened, but it did. It was meant to. And then for the next 18 months, I was on a search to find how to deal with my somatic subconscious programs rather than try to heal logically, which had not been working because it doesn't work. And that led me all the way through things like kinesiology, theta healing, uh, many different bodywork, EDM, EMDR, like just lots and lots and lots of things until I ended up putting together quantum freedom healing, which is now the healing system. It's what I used to become who I am, who is a hundred times, like a hundred X of who I was even before I met him. And Now what I do is I teach people how to heal for real, not just the trauma from the abuse, but all of the unconscious reasons that we got there in the first place, as well as all of our limitations that were not allowing us to be our truest, highest, most confident, authentic, expanded self. So this is why, you know, my movement is called the Thriver Movement and people are working the Narcissistic Abuse Recovery Program, which has a 10-step quantum freedom healing sequence in it, which heals all of those unconscious reasons 
to put them into their true power and their true life. So our success stories and the community are really quite mind-blowing. And uh, I have 10 staff members and we receive the most amazing emails and testimonies every single day. Please, can you say where people can go and find out about this? Where's the best Yes, yes, you certainly can. If you go to uh, melanietoniaevans.com, you can connect to uh, my 16-day free course. You can, uh, if you want to go straight to NARP, uh, in the top right-hand corner of the website, you can have a look at that exact program that I just told you about. I have YouTube. I'm all over social media. There's just so, so much that you could look at. But my highest recommendation to you is to get into my inner transformational resources, which is my 16-day free course. And also uh, we're doing a brand new launch where people can actually access Quantum Freedom Healing for a, a, as a starter pack at a greatly reduced price. We're very excited about that. Uh, you know, there's, there's just a lot happening But if you get uh, on my website, sign up for my newsletter, you know, and the 16-day free course. It's a really good start for you. Check out NARP uh, and you'll be off and running into your true recovery. I strongly urge anyone listening, if you've ever had people in your life that you feel they take advantage of you and it's all a one-way street, not your way, their way, do sign up because you won't regret it because that's what I did. I was, um, I've, I've spoken about it a little bit um, on my socials, but not in great depth, but I have encountered narcissistic abuse in a working in, in situation. And that's what led me to Melanie because I was at my wits end because I'd always been taught to be gentle, to be kind, to be giving, to be understanding. And if you treat someone well, they'll treat you back. And then you kind of come inevitably come across someone or a group of people who don't treat you like that way and it's trying to understand how to make sense of it is it something you've done wrong or what's going on and I hadn't a clue and then I landed on melanietoniaevans.com and I didn't look back the minute I watched one of her videos any of her videos really you can dive in there's no order you will immediately have this recognition this is what's happening to me this is what I need to do and it all does come down to that essential for spiritual growth as well, self-love, which is something a lot of us struggle with because um, narcissists sense that. And that's where I'm moving on to my next question. What are the red flags if they, that, to look out for when you, <laughs> if you're not sure? You, great question, Teresa, because it's really important to understand this. Narcissists are very good at being attentive and being charming and uh, trying to win your confidence very, very quickly. So that uh, expression, too good to be true, you know, they love bomb. So you really need to look out for that. If anybody's just really, really, really lovely, take your time. Take your time. Narcissists can, look, it can be really tricky because they can come in different guises. Like you could have the narcissist asking you heap of questions about yourself. So, you know, you feel like they're really attentive, but they're fact-seeking to try to find where there's a gap to win you over. Or you could have a narcissist that all they do is talk about themselves. It's all about them. It's all about them. 
Okay, but if one's zoning in on you to hook you up as supply, they can switch to being very attentive. So this is what I always say about the red flags, and it's the truth. You could know the red flags inside out and you will still get taken down by a narcissist. So what's really important is your personal limits and boundaries. When you get to when you start off with people, don't let them into your heart, your bed, your body, your bank accounts without getting to know somebody. So with a narcissist, what happens is they need the payoff very quickly. They're going to put in a ton of energy to love bomb you or to get you on board because they need to hook you up to start draining your energy, your resources to feed them. They really are vampirish, and mm. they need supply. It's really important to understand. So if a narcissist comes into your life, if you have boundaries and you don't let them in, which you should do as a healthy adult anyway, take your time to get to know people, do your due diligence, do it step by step. Because any narcissist, if you put the brakes on them and you say, look, um, no, sorry, I can't see you tonight. I've got this, this and this. How about next week? You know, and I'll give you a ring and yeah, yeah, it's not playing hard to get. It's just being sensible and it's not dropping your whole life to let somebody mm. take it over. So if you yeah. have very sensible boundaries and also too, if you're meeting a potential love partner, don't go straight to bed with them. Don't make mm-hmm. them wait. Retain mm. your interests. Have mm-hmm. healthy boundaries. Have the value for yourself that you're saying, I am not letting you into my psychic heart space until mm-hmm. I know who you are. Because with a narcissist, if you start looking, asking questions, and you're not the yes girl or, or yeah. guy, and you don't get love bombed and shoved along into their agenda, Wait and see who's in front of you. I promise you they will unravel and expose themselves. Yeah, it, it, it's hard if people are lonely or they like helping or they're just naturally kind because they feel that's what they've got to do. That's where it's so hard for them to draw a boundary and that's where your, your program is so good at, at understanding that you're not helping yourself, you're not helping them. You need to draw boundaries Um I am so oh, grateful for, for you. Honestly, I say that a lot to people and I, I always recommend them. And I do get letters, as you know, people who are grieving or whatever. Um, and when I sense this is perhaps they're involved in the, with a narcissistic relationship, I always send them to you, Melanie. Um, couldn't be in safer hands. One thing, though, you know, as I said, I, I, I am fortunate because I've been writing like, you know, 20 years, books and encyclopedias about personal growth, spirituality, paranormal, etc. So in my time, I've interviewed, I've talked to a lot of people in this movement, in the new age movement, <clears throat> you know, people who get cults around them. And sad to say, I'm very careful now about who I endorse, because I have yeah. encountered spiritual narcissists, people who do not live what they preach. And I, I know that because of yep. my personal interaction with them. With them. Um, and yes. um, how they almost feed on the adoration of their fans. How, That's right. It sounds like an oxymoron, but can you talk about narcissism in the spiritual movement and, and people who are, yeah, you know, sure. celebrities and, and people who suddenly decide they're yeah. going to be a spiritual guru? Yeah. I know, I know now I look at them and I think, this is about you. <laughs> this yeah, isn't about. And how hard is it for yourself, actually? Because you, I mean, Melanie's videos, sometimes they're in the millions, um, everyone listening, really. That <laughs> must be very hard for you to process. 
It's huge. Well, I mean, you it, are a YouTube well, celebrity. How do you not <laughs> let it go to your head? How do you not know? Do you wait? Because sometimes uh, I wake up. You know, if my book's not in the like ranking and I start getting angry, I think, am I becoming a narcissist? Why am I? It's, <laughs> you know, it's hard, so help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Look, you know, personally, Teresa, I really hate the expression guru. You know, and what yeah. I say to my community all the time is we're all in this together. You know, we really, really are. And I think I think it comes across. I think that people that are, if, if we're there to genuinely serve, that comes across. It comes across with how well you interact with your audience, you know, what you say to them. Do you actually make comments back or is it all about the ego feed? You know, I don't have time for the ego feed personally because (laughs) I usually work 16-hour days um, and that's certainly not about the adoration. It's, uh, you know, it's about saving lives. So, yeah. yeah, and look, I think, you know, if people are spiritual leaders and they've got like, you know, they're putting, uh, you know, they like have fan pictures of themselves yeah. for people to download or buy or stuff, you know, <laughs> it's like, okay, are we, are we really here to help heal the masses or am I, I don't know, like should I be in Hollywood yeah. perhaps or? Um, yeah. You know. It's um, it, it, there. There are so many people out there now, aren't they? You know, jumped onto this, and uh, it's just to, to be again the same thing with the relationship. Take your time, sense the movement that you're following. Absolutely. You know, if they're constantly requesting money all the time, or, or that's right. You know, um, you know, it's it's. But I have noticed as I never thought I'd see it in my lifetime. Spiritual narcissism. It's it's unbelievable, and I think you've done videos on that, haven't you? Yeah, I have actually. And, you know, when we think about it, you know, in a religious sense, you know, spiritual narcissism has been alive and well for a long time. You know, have a look at, you know, what's what's moved through the Catholic Church. Yes. You know, with pedophile and, and, you know, all sorts of things. So I don't think this is anything new. And, of course, you know, narcissists, where do they want to go? They want to go to a place where they can get supply, you know, they want to go where people are going to worship them and adore them and put them on a pedestal because then they can suck energy from them. So it stands to reason that, you know, a spiritual narcissist would be a very attractive position for a narcissist who's got the ability to pull it off. Yeah, with their charisma. But uh, anyway, go to Melanie and you won't have that problem. Um, she's the most heartfelt um beautiful um healer and teacher and um her community around her as well it's the community that works with her her staff you know if you send a query or a question you will get a response and there's so much free material as well if you're concerned about finances you are on a mission to educate the world about narcissistic abuse melanie and your recent book um, published by Watkins is a gift from heaven. Um, it truly is. It's it's a very it's like a bible for this movement. I hope you write lots lots more um, when you have time. Do you think yeah. one day you'd be it should be taught in schools? Um, people, you know, from a young age, people be aware of this. Wouldn't that be wonderful? What are your plans for the future of your movement that you've created? Well, well, we're you know we're we're thinking very very big. Uh, you know, I'm about to start doing uh, a world tour 
know, which is going to kick off in Australia, which is going to be live seminars. And what's so wonderful about that is we have so many heartfelt connections with the community all over the world. So, and it was like when I came over to London, Teresa and saw you and, oh, just beautiful. And just, you know, the love and the hugs and, um, because I think the thing is too, you know, with narcissistic abuse, people that are going through it and even when we get out the other side of it, you know, we never lose sight of what we went through and just mm. uh, what it was like to be in the bowels of hell and yeah. just how impactful it is. You know, so many people say they've been through incredible things in their life but nothing ever like this so my mission uh and my son's mission my son is amazing he's a ceo of my business we have 10 staff now we're expanding uh incredibly it's just getting bigger and bigger this movement and we're now you know with uh hundreds of thousands of people connected and we're in a hundred different countries and So my mission absolutely is to uh, even more than create the awareness of narcissistic abuse, my mission is to empower all of us to be impervious to it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Um, I'm so passionate about and I'm incredibly passionate about our children and if we've been abused, that by healing ourselves, we can take the stand for our children to follow so that yeah. we can stop these revolting uh, global cycles of abuse abused generation to generation. I'm yeah. as passionate as heck about the buck stops here. If we heal ourselves, even if co-parenting with a narcissist, our children can get out of their victimization into their power. Because when we get in our power with narcissists, our true power, narcissists are completely powerless. Yeah, it's a shift, isn't it? Um, and, and it was for me as well, because when I was going through it, it was about a period of two years, you know, I completely neglected my children. Um, and they would have seen me do that. But they've also seen me recover now. And um I, I just feel strongly because I can immediately pick up now when I'm encountering that and I'm not influenced by it, that that will help my daughter and my son, hopefully. So thank you, Melanie. Um, and yes. if anyone's listening and you are feeling controlled, you're feeling hopeless, you're in a relationship where you have no voice um, and you're sitting by that phone hoping that they will text back and they're not, or you're, if you're in that kind of terrifying scenario where basically the relationship has become almost like a drug that you need to survive please 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 for yourself and people who love you in your life visit www.melanietoniaevans.com you will not regret it you will immediately go into a group of people who first of all will not criticize you or tell you you're weak for what's happened they will understand and then they will take you by the hand and support you through this process through newsletters through videos through facebook groups through talks all sorts of things. Um, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly recommend it. And um, I'm just so grateful to you, Melanie. You are amazing. And please keep lighting up the world and doing what you do. And let me know when you're in, in the UK. I'll be the first in line. <laughs> oh, Teresa, and I, thank you so much for what you're doing. And, you know, for all the listeners out there, Teresa, 
um, was the reason that my book got published by Watkins. Oh, because not she... the reason. I was just the vehicle. I just oh, said, oh, look, this did. should be a book. <laughs> well, you, did, you did. You really talked me into doing Thank that you. and, you know, your heart and the mission and the expansion and the help you give people out there is second to none. And I always say that you're an angel in my life, so thank oh. you. Thank you. But I believe, I mean, at the moment, my thing is moment to find people I believe in. And then that's what I, I'm looking for, people who are doing it for all the right right reasons. So thank you. Now, I'm just going to ask you two questions because I ask all my guests at the end of the, these two sure. questions. And, uh, I, I like try ending intuitively. questions. <laughs> <laughs> They're just a bit of fun. They're just a bit yeah. of fun. And I try and intuitively guess. And I've been more, more wrong than right at the moment, actually. So the first question... <laughs> I love that story you told, actually, about seeing your future self. Um, yeah. I wish I'd put it in the Prem code. Gosh, that would have been a great story because we had all sorts of stories in that book I did. Wow. Um, so I'm going to take you back in time now. If your self you are now could go back in time and talk to your 16-year-old self, what oh, would they say? <laughs> well, she'd slap her across the face. <laughs> and go listen here oh gosh all right I tell you what she would tell her she would tell her that you're beautiful you're amazing trust yourself listen to yourself create a really wonderful relationship with yourself because everybody around you hasn't got a clue because at that stage of my life they didn't um and let's go party <laughs> like a healthy and, way <laughs> yeah and as you always say which I now now repeat and I hope you don't mind that is that people don't treat you as you treat them they treat you as you treat yourself and oh I love more you a, repeat that Gosh. yeah it's just it's uh it's so so powerful it's that that is the shift oh, that yeah. is the shift um, and then the second question given the title of this podcast um if you could be any character or anything in Lord of the Rings. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. I love it. Uh, what, what would it. Who or what would we be? And it's fine to say I've never watched it because it's really funny. Some people haven't. So that's actually Do fine. You know it's what? just that... I only watched it recently. <laughs> <laughs> White Shores is 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 the, the spiritual realm. It's where the elves go oh. and the humans go well, to heaven. It's heaven. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you know, the, Liv it's Tyler. Liv Tyler. What? That's her name. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. She was in it. Her. She looked gorgeous. Oh yeah. The, <laughs> I can see you as that. That's it. Then okay. Thank you. <laughs> I've got my uh, my whole alternative cast here for Lord of the Rings now because it's really funny. Some of the cat because some oh, of them are obsessive fans like me. Okay. Um, so did so they, anybody they, else? They, <laughs> did anybody else? Not yet. I've had masses of Gandalfs and some people choosing the ring itself, which is pure evil. Oh, so I'm wondering if I'm talking to narcissists there. So <laughs> that's just weird. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Well, the ring had all the power. There you go. But it's it's just a beautiful scene when somebody's frightened of dying. One of the the hobbits is frightened of dying, and Gandalf the wizard says, "Don't be frightened because you'll see white shores and it's beautiful and all that." And that's oh. you know I write about the afterlife and the possibility of 
emphasize possibility thank you melanie for indulging me there and um Mm -hmm. i look forward to keeping in touch and all the information about melanie will be in the show notes with this podcast everyone do check it out even if you've not encountered a narcissist somebody in your life who isn't looking very well might have lost a lot of weight seems unhappy always preoccupied perhaps that's the problem with them so find out for them to empower them i truly hope that the people who needed to hear that interview heard it. If you are stuck in a toxic relationship and you just don't know what to do, please do get in touch. You can contact me at angeltalk710 at aol.com or message me on my social media, or you can go straight to Melanie Tonia Evans, as I recommended in the interview, and join a community of people who are healing together from this very, very disturbing trend that is is happening all over the world in relationships at the moment. Now, I promised my own story of my encounter with uh, someone with narcissistic personality disorder um, before the interview, so here it is. My default setting has always been to let my life be guided and inspired by love, kindness, compassion and empathy. I was brought up that way. Seeing the light in everyone and everything and being sensitive to the needs of others is the path to heaven, spiritual life that I recommend in all my books. I just couldn't write my spiritual books if I stopped believing that spiritual approach to be true and I still believe it to be true today. But a few years ago, my belief in that approach and and the power of love to explain and conquer all was shaken to its very core. In around 2014, 2015, someone came into my life with a powerful endorsement from a trusted source. I had no reason to doubt them, but over the next two years, I truly did glimpse hell on earth relationship-wise. The story is a long one and a book in itself, so I'm, I'm really not going to share it here. Suffice to say, I experienced pain, confusion, emptiness, and heartbreak that is the defining features of narcissistic abuse relationships. I'd never encountered someone before who flattered with such intensity, believed in themselves so completely, and who brought such a promise of magic, but who also lied with such relish, played with the truth so I didn't know what was real anymore, took greedily whatever was offered without any thought of giving back and whose promises meant absolutely nothing. However, despite the harrowing intensity of of the confusion and pain and the obvious red flags, instead of valuing myself enough to walk away, as I should have done, I just went into denial. I stuck to my love conquers all mantra. I found myself inexplicably trying to do all I could to help support or impress them so that the golden period of adoration so harshly replaced with silent treatments would return. I believed that by showering them with self-sacrifice love and kindness going out of my way they would change or see my value again but the more I gave the worse things got. It was pitiful. I, I kind of lost myself and I can honestly say that if I hadn't stumbled across the literature online about narcissistic abuse, I'm not sure I would be living the joyful, loving and fulfilling life I live today. Being a spiritual author, people often write to me asking for advice about why bad things happen 
or they want my spiritual guidance for dealing with the loss of a loved one or a crisis of belief in themselves and in life. I care deeply about every one of my readers and love nothing more than to teach, share the spiritual knowledge I've gained over the decades I've been writing and see others grow together in spirit. But during that dark period, I found myself for the first time ever in my writing career just unable to answer with love and empathy and to offer any guidance because my advice wasn't working for me because the advice I give, I have to believe in it to give it. And the reason was I needed help and spiritual understanding myself first before I could start giving it to others. The situation was so agonizing and my heart cut into so many pieces, I didn't know where to turn. I'd always been self-reliant and asking anyone, even family, friends and loved ones for help when I needed it just didn't come naturally to me. Fortunately, in the past, when I've encountered tough times, my spiritual beliefs and the energy of the love and joy I have in my heart has pulled me through and given me the strength and hope I needed. But this time was dramatically different. It was because the relationship was a professional one. It wasn't a personal one. It was a professional one. And they were striking at the heart of who I believed I was, which was a spiritual author. Um, And as a spiritual author, my approach to them wasn't working, my loving approach. My heart felt dry, my spirit depleted. I urgently needed help. So I did what I always do. I prayed. And heaven, with a little help from Google search, <laughs> answered through the countless YouTube videos that there are out there about narcissistic abuse. Videos like the ones that Melanie, Tonya Evans, um, 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 has on online. Instantly, I was mesmerized by what all these people were saying. In particular, Melanie Tony Evans struck me greatly because she approached it from a spiritual perspective. She resonated powerfully with me, and I started to investigate more and to watch more of her videos and to learn. Four or five years on, thanks to all that I learned about narcissistic abuse. I am at the end of the narcissistic tunnel. I've reached the point where I'm actually grateful for encountering someone like that because it showed me that I was actually seriously lacking in the self-love department. Videos like those by Melanie helped me understand something I instinctively knew but clearly needed reminding of, and that was that the understanding, validation, Adoration and excitement I was seeking outside of myself, in external things, in other people, in situations, were all things that I needed to discover from the inside out. And if you've read my book, How to Find Heaven, published by Schuster, you will see me finding my way there and and discovering self-love from the inside out and, and my tools and techniques that I recommend that others can go on that journey with me. I've also reached a stage when I actually don't feel anger or want revenge against the person who injured me, uh, cut my heart to pieces, Um, because to quote Milton, (laughs) I truly believe which way I fly myself am hell is the Milton quote that I wanted to quote, that the law of karma will deal with them. In fact, I feel deeply sorry for them. Um, I can let them go and simply send them love and hope that they found peace because people who are narcissistic like that they they have killed their soul, a part of their soul. I hope not all of their soul. I hope there's redemption for everyone, but they are suffering. Something happened to them probably in their childhood where they cut off and um, 
who they are, the fragile child within them, they completely cut off from and replaced it with with a kind of vampiric, illusionary entity that can only feed on the adorations of others. It is deeply sad. But anyway, um, I know that when you encounter people like that, the focus is not on healing them, because sadly, I think some of them are beyond repair. The focus is on healing the hurt within your heart, because that's how they've got into your life, because they've sensed the low self-esteem and the lack of self-love there. And that's where they take root, because someone with real self-love would be able to put down boundaries and would recognize the red flags much, much sooner and wouldn't allow their life to be drained and their resources to be drained in that way. Now, I'm saying all this with the benefit of hindsight, because at the time when I was going through it, the two or three years I was going through it, um, understanding hope and any kind of loving resolution seemed impossible. And that's why I'm so utterly delighted to have the opportunity on White Shores to do an episode about this and to to introduce um, my readers to Melanie Tonya Evans, because I know the healing, understanding, comfort, support, love and joyful hope it can bring to every person. Whether or not you have suffered from narcissistic abuse, I hope this episode becomes compulsory listening because as I've emphasized throughout this episode, narcissistic personality disorder is on the increase. And as Melanie explained in her interview, sensitive, empathetic, caring, spiritual people and light workers are the narcissist drug of choice. You need to be beware If you haven't encountered a narcissist yet, chances are you will. And sadly, what I'm also finding out about now is spiritual narcissism, that there are a lot of people out there now calling themselves spiritual guides, advisors, um, gurus, gathering huge followings online who are, in my opinion, narcissists. You only need to look at the histories of cults. Um, uh, There's a fantastic documentary on Netflix called Holy Hell, where people for 20 years followed a man who was an extreme narcissist. But all the people that followed him totally trusted and believed in him. They were kind, caring, sensitive empaths. And if you're like that, and I believe you are, otherwise you wouldn't be listening to this episode, you are a potential target because you believe in the power of love and because you often define yourself by giving to others. Giving is is who you are and what you do. I don't want you to stop doing that, but I do want you to learn how to set down boundaries, how to notice red flags and how to notice when you have a psychic vampire in your life. I don't believe in hell But being in a relationship with or getting tangled up with someone who has zero empathy empathy, and who is is a narcissistic person feels very close to hell. Fortunately, there is a lot of awareness about this now um, in the form of of Melanie Tonya Evans' work, that she approaches it from a spiritual perspective. Um, But there are many, many other um, uh, experts out there online Some people that speak to me that other videos that I recommend watching is the YouTube channel of Quinn Holiday, um, the Narcology channel, Sarah Speaks, Kim Syed. But there are all 
different types of approaches and and all of these people are so wonderful to listen to because they speak from experience they may not be psychologists and experts but what they have experienced is the hell of narcissistic abuse and they are offering their tools and techniques for how to get through it of course i would always recommend a doctor first and to make sure that what you're doing is safe but there's nothing beats listening to someone who has been through that tunnel of darkness encountered someone with a heart of darkness and experienced the hell of that but somehow emerged on the other side, stronger and understanding why this happened to them, why it was their spiritual awakening. So do seek out the advice, support and comfort of of these people and do get in touch and share your stories. Remember though, the first place to look for healing and understanding is always within. Don't fall into the trap of following these necessary you you can be inspired by them and have your mind and heart opened by them but don't become a follower again in my book how to find heaven i'm very passionate about this we have a tendency within us to want to follow people to copy and to imitate please try not to do that you should always be the highest version of who you are and not what someone else is um, I'm very passionate about that because, you know, you don't want to fall into the trap of becoming dependent on someone else to tell you how to get to heaven or to tell you to how to find happiness. These people can just give you insights and open your mind. And that's what I hope White Shores and all my books do. I, I wouldn't actually like people to follow me because then I would feel I have failed. My greatest joy is people finding their own path and their own meaning And I'm especially passionate about that now because in the last five years, I've started to collaborate. I've started to go incognito and find people in the world of science, in the world of healing, in the world of of afterlife communication, et cetera, psychic abilities. People who I believed were working from the heart, and I still do believe they all are. But I hope now all of them are now going on to incredible things. Um, Really, it's, it's, it's very, very exciting for them all. And I just hope and pray that they stay heartfelt and that they, they it, it remains their vocation and that ego doesn't take over. I'm sure it won't because I know these people and they're wonderful, but who knows what happens? They're on their journey now. They're going on a different path because they've practiced for years, not under the radar. And now suddenly when you get that exposure, that fame, that attention, of course, it's going to you know, it's going to affect you and you're going to have to course correct at times. But um, there are mediums, healers, gurus out there who are doing it, I believe, for the wrong reasons. It's for ego. It's for getting a following. It's for large amounts of money, fame and fortune. And it's so difficult to spot because often these people are charming and charismatic. So just Be careful, follow your heart, follow your intuition. And if you ever feel that you have to do something that you don't feel comfortable with, that crosses your boundaries, that's a red flag, please take several step backs, turn away and find the answers within you rather than externally. Use other people, teachers, guides as advice and to open your mind, as I said, But ultimately, the relationship is between you 
and heaven, spirit or the afterlife? The answers are within. I'm going to close this episode on narcissistic abuse and hearts of darkness with the relationship advice from a spiritual perspective that I promised at the beginning. Now, you already heard it in my interview with Melanie, and that is people don't treat you as you treat them, sadly. People are going to treat you as you treat yourself. So if you are in toxic relationships and or in unfulfilled relationships, the place to look is within you. How are you treating yourself? Start giving the love, the kindness, the compassion, the empathy to yourself first. This isn't easy. Every religion, um, self-help advice advises self-love. Nobody really tells us how to do it. A lot of us don't really know how to love ourselves. It is the hardest journey, but it starts, as everything does, with simple things, with acts of loving care and respect to yourself. Simple things, like I recommend in my upcoming The Ritual Yearbook. Um, The first ritual I recommend is make your bed every morning. Give yourself the act of self-love. There's nothing more rewarding at the end of the day than to go into a well-made bed. Also, if you make your bed in the morning, you're setting a tone of order um, that you mean business, that your day is going to be organized and that it's going to be fulfilling. It's not going to be chaotic. Start doing simple things like that for yourself. When you feel tired and drained, get away from your computer or whatever Take a five-minute walk in the fresh air. Look at the trees. Look at the sky. Feel the love in nature for you. Connect to that. Little simple things that you can do for yourself. Start small. Focus on the relationship you have with yourself because the more you fall in love with yourself, honestly, it's like magic. You will find that toxic relationships just start to vanish from your life because when people do cross boundaries or give you zero empathy or respect, um, you actually find that you don't want to engage with them anymore. You feel that it's an insult to your soul. You start valuing your soul. Now, if all this talk of self-love is making you feel uncomfortable because you're a spiritual person and you've been conditioned, as I was when I grew up, to always give to others, turn the other cheek, etc., Um, and you're worried that your self-love will tip you over into narcissism, if you are worried about that. I mean, we all do worry about that. Sometimes I do when I'm writing my book. I think, is this about me or is this about my readers? It's very healthy to do that. But I'm just going to say, if you are asking yourself this question, am I a narcissist? You're not one. (laughs) Because a narcissist doesn't even think that way. Um, They are perfect. Um, So if you're asking yourself that question, You're a loving, kind, spiritual person. And um, anyone who crosses your path is truly lucky to know you. And I'm so lucky and blessed that you're listening to this episode. And I really hope you enjoy it. And will join me again for another episode to walk together on White Shores to see what magic lies beyond material. I really hope you enjoyed this episode. And please join me again next week when we will walk together once more on White Shores. And get in touch with me too at my angeltalk710 at aol.com.
aol.com email. Yes, I am still on AOL, but I have evolved and moved with the times too. Um, and you can find me on Teresa Chung Author Facebook and Instagram. Um, please do message me and offer your feedback and suggestions for the show because I want it to be um, a podcast that brings you comfort, hope, joy, and inspiration. If you've enjoyed the music on this podcast, it's from Clown Ri. That's C L U A I N R I. And you can find out about them at www.clownri.com. The music's from an album called From Lips of Angels, available on iTunes. And some of the tracks on that album were inspired by one of my books, An Angel Changed My Life.